Hey, it's Gabe. I want to recommend a podcast I think you'll enjoy called What Could Go Right. On What Could Go Right, the hosts, Progress Network founder Zachary Carabell and Executive Director Emma Varva-Lucas, sit down with expert guests to discuss the world's most pressing issues. They look back at how far society has come and look forward to what it will take to achieve a brighter future. If you're looking for a weekly dose of optimistic ideas from smart people, listen to What Could Go Right wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Eve. Welcome to This Day in History class, a show that reveals a little bit more about history day by day. Today is March 27th, 2019. The day was March 27th, 1915. A cook named Mary Mallon, also known as Typhoid Mary, was quarantined for the last time. Mary had been infecting people with Salmonella typhi, the bacterium that causes typhoid fever, for years. She had been quarantined once before and then released. But this time, Mary was quarantined for good on North Brother Island in New York City's East River. Mary Mallon was born in 1869 in Ireland and moved to the United States in 1883 or 1884, Just a few years before, scientists confirmed that salmonella caused typhoid fever, a disease spread through contaminated food and water that can be deadly if left untreated. People who have had the illness can become carriers of the bacteria and cause outbreaks. When Mary moved to the U.S., she became a domestic servant, usually taking cook jobs. In 1906, Mary took a summer job as a cook for New York banker Charles Henry Warren and his family in Oyster Bay, Long Island. But on August 27th, one of the daughters got typhoid fever. Then Warren's wife, two maids, the gardener, and another daughter caught typhoid. By September 3rd, six of the 11 people in the house had gotten sick with typhoid fever. 
At this time, typhoid fever was fatal in about 10% of cases. The Warrens were renting the home from George Thompson, who was scared that he wouldn't be able to rent the house again without finding out where the outbreak started. So after hiring investigators who couldn't track down the source, Thompson landed on George Soper, a New York City Department of Health sanitary engineer who specialized in typhoid fever epidemics. Soper first thought that freshwater clams were responsible for the outbreak. But soon, after realizing not everyone who had the illness had eaten the clams, he began to suspect Mary was the source. He researched Mary's employment history back to 1900, and he discovered that everywhere Mary popped up, so did typhoid outbreaks. From 1900 to 1907, 22 people exhibited signs of typhoid fever at seven places where Mary worked, including some people who died. While Soper was digging into Mary's past, she kept working in households around New York City as a cook. But Soper was convinced Mary was the issue. He tried to get samples of her feces, urine, and blood, but she was not willing to cooperate. Here's what Soper later said about one of his encounters with Mary. I had my first talk with Mary in the kitchen of this house. I was as diplomatic as possible, but I had to say I suspected her of making people sick and that I wanted specimens of her urine, feces, and blood. It did not take Mary long to react to this suggestion. She seized a carving fork and advanced in my direction. I passed rapidly down the long, narrow hall through the tall iron gate, and so to the sidewalk. I felt rather lucky to escape. That's how well she reacted when Soper tried to get samples from her again. So the health department put Dr. Sarah Josephine Baker on the case, and Baker forcibly took Mary to the Willard Parker Hospital, where they found Salmonella typhi in her stool. Mary was the first asymptomatic carrier of typhoid to be identified. In 1907, about 3,000 people in New York had been infected with the bacterium, and Mary was pegged as being responsible for all those cases. At this time, there was no immunization or antibiotic treatment for salmonella typhi. Since Mary wouldn't agree to have her gallbladder removed, which was a risky operation then, the health department sent her to live in isolation on North Brother Island. While she was quarantined, she was subjected to all sorts of testing, though nobody had explained to her what being a carrier of salmonella typhi meant. She didn't know how she could be spreading typhoid, yet never have had the disease, as she wasn't aware that a person could have typhoid fever, but not show its usual symptoms, like fever, headaches, and diarrhea. She felt persecuted and like a peep show for everybody, as she put it. So in 1909, she sued the health department, but to no avail. 1909 was also the year an article in New York American first dubbed her Typhoid Mary. She wasn't released from quarantine until February 19, 1910, under the condition that she never work as a cook again. But Mary went back to cooking when the pay from just working as a laundress wasn't cutting it. When a typhoid epidemic broke out at Sloan Maternity Hospital in Manhattan and a sanatorium in Newfoundland, New Jersey, Soper tracked down Mary, who had worked at both places. On March 27, 1915, the New York Sanitary Police found her in a home in Westchester County, New York, and sent her back to North Brother Island. 
She lived out the rest of her days there in quarantine, and she died in 1938, years after a stroke had paralyzed her. Estimates have directly linked her to more than 50 cases of typhoid fever, including three deaths. Mary Mallon became known as the woman who got a lot of other people sick with typhoid fever, but her story raises questions about how disease carriers have been treated in the U.S. healthcare system and how the line between civil liberties and public health should be drawn. By the time she died, hundreds of other healthy carriers had been identified, though none received the treatment and enduring stigma she did. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Keep up with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.